Welcome to Booty and Bossy Eat, Drink, Knit, the podcast where we share a good eat or drink and we make you feel better about whatever it is you're crafting these days. This is our second episode, and we want to start by saying, first of all, mom's okay. You might remember that last episode, she uh, was bleeding and Booty had to run off, help her. But I don't know, Booty, if you want to explain what happened there. We actually reenacted it because um, <laughs> it did really happen that we were recording and she came in and she had fallen on her way over to see me, but she's okay. So we did actually have to stop podcasting because I had to put some band-aids on mom. It reminded me of when, when Bossy was little and mm. I've, I've heard this story, but I don't, I wasn't there cause I wasn't born yet. Bossy was little and she came running in because she had fallen and, and hurt herself. And mom said, where, where, meaning, where are you hurt? And she said, on the porch. <laughs> right. I know. Well, and I do have to say that I did love the story of how mom was getting ready across the road and she and in Kirkland, they have these flags that you can pick up and then you can walk across the road and that way, bright yellow, orange, everybody can see you when you're crossing. And so she was approaching it and thinking, God damn it, I bet there's not any flags on this side. And then when she got up to the corner, she realized that no, in fact, there were flags. And so then as she was beating herself up for always thinking negatively, she tripped on a sidewalk cone or something. It was like a construction cones. Yeah. So as she was berating herself mentally for thinking so negatively, that was when she tripped over the construction cone. <laughs> Poor mom. So, Poor mom. <laughs> but I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes. And she was a very good sport about it. She was, she was totally fine and she was happy to talk and and drink. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't knit. She actually, you know, we should talk about mom did knit. She knit That's a beautiful true. baby blanket, uh, which was way too complicated. And, and this was also in the early sixties. So she didn't have much help. She's left-handed. Uh, right. It was a, it's a two, I have it. It's a two color, very, uh, I think like slip stitches and, it, it's it's a really pretty blanket, but she was kind of disgusted with the results because it didn't didn't come out as a rectangle. It, she says it came out as a trapezoid. <laughs> Baby doesn't care. Well, then because it had these slip stitches in the front, they were like floats in the front, oh. and that meant that your toes got stuck. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that's that a little disappointing great. after all that work. Yeah. But Booty, do you want to start with, I'm very excited about, because Booty's going to do the eat, the featured eat. And it is one of my all time favorite things that is unique to her family. The tarte, we're going, we're continuing with the apple theme, right? Yes. So we had the apple cider cocktail last podcast. Now Booty's going to share tart tantan. So this is a recipe that is very common in France and it's really not known as a haute cuisine. It's really 
your basic brasserie. It's, excuse my French accents there. Mm. <laughs> my husband is French and his mother used to make this for him. Uh, my recipe is in English. <laughs> and I, I have to start with the crust because I think a, a good crust that you make from scratch is easy to do. And it's just so much better than the store-bought crust. And sorry, mom, I know you feel differently. So that part is just flour and you and salt and you cut up butter and then into the flour and salt mixture and then you add a little water to make a dough and then you that is important is that you put it in the refrigerator for at least an hour and meanwhile you cook the apples on the stove with butter and sugar so you melt some butter and sugar and then you add your peeled cord pieces of apple so not slices but actual pieces and you arrange yeah. them in the pan because you're not going to stir them or anything they're just going to sit in the sugar and butter mm. and uh, once they get about a peanut butter color then you take that off the stove you roll out your dough you put the dough on the apple, put the whole thing in the oven. And you're, so you're going to need to use a pan that has an, a handle that can go in the oven. So not a plastic handle, not a wooden handle. You can, I know with a plastic handle, I've done it before, where you can wrap some aluminum foil around it and that works okay. So you put it in the oven half an hour, take it out and you flip it over and then you have this beautiful petal arrangement of apples that are this caramel color. Just so good. Well, Booty is a very good pie maker. I, I have to say I'm not a great pie maker, but <laughs> this recipe it is in part because of the crust. Although I do make my own crust, I don't do what mom does where she buys a bad crush at the grocery store <laughs> and pretends that it's her own. This recipe was like a game changer for me with pies because one of the things, and if you've watched the British baking show, you know, the dreaded soggy bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Of the pie crust that's sitting underneath all of these apples that are cooking and soaking up those juices and getting a big, fat, soggy bottom. Nobody likes that. <laughs> so this, the genius of this, and I do have to, and it's hard for me to say that the French, they got this right. And they, they are truly geniuses, is that the apples cook and they, they get this wonderful caramel. And you want to keep the apple chunks pretty big, like you said, because they're, Otherwise, if you cut them really thin, they're going to kind of disappear because they're sitting on the stove. But then the crust cooks on it. And so it's only at the last minute that the apples then get flipped over and then they're sitting on the crust. And you do want to eat it right away. I mean, there is a way that you have to be careful that you're putting molten caramel into your mouth, um, <laughs> you know, right out of the oven. And it will it will get pretty hard it quickly so you definitely want to serve it warm you can reheat it if you're say if you i wouldn't make it the day before no 
But you can make it in the morning if they're serving it for dinner and then stick it in the oven for a, just a couple of minutes before you serve it. Oh, see, I whenever I've made it for di- like a dinner, I always start it while we're having drinks and stuff. And then once the we're sitting down to eat dinner, that's usually when I stick it in the oven, cook the pie crust. The best. Yes. <laughs> that's my, no. And it is, it's the, it's also this great like presentation dessert because people, people have seen it sort of just, you know, it's just kind of this bunch of apples, you know, sort of cooking on the stove, smelling really nice. But then when you flip it over and you see the apples, I think your picture is great. And all of that nice caramel. And then the crust really stays nice and crisp. And I don't know what you mean about heating it up the next day because there is never any leftover. (laughs) I mean, people are just nuts about it. And people who generally don't even eat dessert, they'll have like two pieces. It's also really good with good vanilla ice cream on top. I've seen recommendations to to serve it with creme fraiche. And I don't, I feel like that's too heavy. Like ice cream is good. I, I don't, I don't think it really needs anything, but yeah, you know, no, probably not. Good. But the ice cream is kind of nice if you're, it cools it down a little bit. So you don't, mm-hmm. people don't burn their tongues on the, no, the molten, molten caramel. <laughs> <laughs> and by people, we mean Doug. <laughs> yes, we mean yes. Our, uh, certain husbands and and children. Um, yeah, yes. But it is it is a fantastic recipe. And if you're not a big baker of pies, this is totally the pie to make. A, it only has one crust. You you know that everything is cooked because the apples will. You can see it's it's really nice if they're. A little, they're not super mushy, but they're kind of bathed in this nice caramel. Yeah, I should mention that you do have to be a little careful with what you're, what kind of apples you're using. Honeycrisp work well, Fuji's work well. Things like Granny Smith don't work so well because they they tend to disintegrate and it makes sort of a sauce. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think you, I've always used Fuji's or Honeycrisp. Yeah. And you can you can use other fruit too. If you use a soft fruit like a peach or a pear, you want to make the caramel first. So you want to cook the butter and sugar and then add your fruit kind of right before you put it in the the whole thing in the oven. Whereas the. I haven't tried that. Yeah. So that's nice when you have fruit in the summer. Anyway, that is our recipe. I will say that the French being the French, they do, you can get a pan. Like I, I, Booty bought me a tart tantan pan, which is one of my prized possessions and I will be buried with it. But it's like, we'll take a picture of it. It's like a copper, you know, sort of shallow uh, pan. And then it's got two little tabs on either side. So it's easy to hold and flip and lift up. But before I had the tart tan pan that I will be buried with, I used a like an enamel like frying pan, 
like cast iron, but then it's got an enamel coating on it. And that worked okay. You can use it with just a, I usually use it with a big pan because it's a bigger, that way it's a bigger tartetta. Yes. Um, it's use what you got. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So make a tartetan. Everybody in your family will love you and your friends too. Because it's fabulous. <laughs> so Bossy, what, what, what are you knitting? Well, I am working on a baby blanket. And I think this is not my first baby blanket. I have knit other baby blankets. And actually, Booty and I did a baby blanket together where you had different squares. Do you remember that? Yes. That of different little sort of knitted, you know, like one had cable and, you know, different little things like that. I'm struck by, I don't know if this is just a bigger blanket, but it's, it's taking me an eternity. It's a little bit like the swim meet again, but it's a cool pattern. It's from, 60 more quick baby blankets. It's from Cascade Yarns. I had exactly 45 minutes in webs to find a pattern and the yarn due to certain husbands and children, child, waiting outside for me, tapping their feet. So I had to find it very quickly. It's basically kind of like a chevron knit, and then there's five colors. The pattern in the book has five shades of pink. It's called Graceful Gradients, a delightful chevron pattern and gradually morphing colors make this baby blanket fun to knit and a treat for a special baby. So it needs to be a special baby because, you know, yeah, not just any baby, not just any baby, special baby. But anyway, so um, I'm knitting it for my niece, who's expecting her first child. I, I don't remember if it's a boy or a girl, but I decided to use kind of neutral colors. I think a lot of, from what I understand, we're getting away from the pink and the blue these days in the baby blanket world. You know what's interesting about that is that it, it used to be the reverse, that pink was for boys and blue was for girls. And oh, it got really? switched. Yeah, it was, I think, in the maybe in the 30s. It was, yeah, is that weird? <laughs> that. I don't know but the credit for that. When we became more feminists and we realized that, you know, we didn't want to be confined by the obligation to wear pink, we became much more open-minded to other colors for girls and boys looks like it was in the 1950s so not that long ago that it started the trend of pink being for girls according to this most historians point to dwight eisenhower's presidential inauguration as a pivotal moment in the history of pink because mamie eisenhower wore her for the inaugural ball her dress a stunning pink ball gown studded with 2,000 rhinestones. And pink was her favorite color. So that was when that trend started. I had no idea, though, that that was not, that it was so recent that it was. That's what's so interesting about these things is that, you know, we 
you know, we have this ingrained pink is a girl, boy, and blue is a boy. And it's not really like that. It's just because we made it that way. <laughs> well, I know. I do remember in my, um, when I was in college, I took one of the best courses I ever took was a sociology of gender course that really, it was one of those classes, you know, I always like classes that kind of make you see the world differently. The sociology of gender class was definitely one of those classes where it taught you that things that you took as givens like girls and pink and boy, you know, are constructions and societal social constructions that aren't, that aren't given. And then when you look at other cultures, you see that, but there, that said, there is a way that boys come out doing boy things. Right. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it. Here's another one. Color me Mm -hmm. beautiful. Yes that there are certain colors that look good on you and others that don't look good. Cause I thought, I actually thought that that was a real thing. I mean, I know we, we, we had mom had each of us do our colors, have our colors done. I remember that we went to some woman who held up swatches to our faces and <laughs> determined <laughs> We have a yeah. sister, so that, that meant that there were four of us. And the, the way they did it was in seasons. So yes. we each wound up with a season. Conveniently. <laughs> Which was funny because that meant that whatever we bought had to look good on somebody. That's true. Their yeah. color. But it, it, the thing about it was that it was so restrictive. Like, oh, you're not allowed to wear black. Because according to that, mom was the only one who could wear black. (laughs) That was rather convenient. And white. white. So mom was a winter and she was allowed to wear pure colors like black and white and red, which I do have to say, she does look great in all of those. And then weren't you a summer I was a summer and our sister was a spring. Yes. That makes bossy a fall. Yep. And but I think the thing that, that's sad about that is that if a color makes you happy, like you're not allowed to wear it. And that's yeah. not fair. I mean, if you like something in a in a bright orange, there's an a wonderful knitting I, I think ambassador would be the right word. Her name is Gigi and she only likes to knit in orange and she only likes to wear orange. Mm. Orange makes her happy. So that's what she does. And she does look great in orange, but. Well, that yes, it's true. Like it, there's that fine line between valuable fashion guidance and fashion tyranny, I think. And at least for our other sister who was spring, the color that I remember she looked best in was this kind of apricotty peachy. And she, you have to understand our sister's an artist. The last color that she would probably want to wear would be peach. And then every time mom took her for shopping, she'd be like, well, what about this peach? Do you like peach? Peach looks really good on you. Um, 
think you should buy this peach blouse, you know, and Melissa would just be like, <laughs> yeah. peach, peach. No, like, <laughs> so save your peaches for your tart tatin. unless you like peach (laughs) unless you like peach and then you can wear peach as much as you want but yes but anyway so this baby blanket just to finish up with that it's it's kind of teals it's got two sort of a darker teal and then a lighter teal because remember it's gradient for the special Mm -hmm. baby and then it's got three grays a lighter gray sort of a medium and a darker gray i did have some guidance on this i my other nieces told me that she was doing the the nursery in like sort of teals and grays But anyway, it is amazing that you can find a pattern and get five shades of yarn at Webs in 45 minutes. If there are members of your family breathing down your neck, by that I mean texting you every five minutes saying, are you done yet? Are you done? Are you ready? We got to go. Are you ready? So yes. So this is pressure knitting, but I like it. It's coming up. What are you working on? Well, I have two finished objects. One is a cowl that I made for a friend of mine for her birthday. And mm. she's she has a fall birthday. I think these are kind of fall colors. It's a Mobius. Well, first I should start off with the pattern. It's called a Scandi Bloom cowl. And it's by Heather Jane of So Happy Jane. She's known for her beautiful yarn. This is not knit in So Happy Jane. It's knit in La Bienname DK, which is a French yarn. And then the or my local yarn shop, a uh, one-of-a-kind skein called Kaleidoscope. But it's they're both superwash DKs. And you're knitting it in the round, fairly short circumference. I think it's 90 stitches it's a lot of color change back and forth. So that for me meant holding one yarn in my right hand and one in the left, which is very fiddly. Mm. This was a pattern that was available through the knit camp app, which is a wonderful community started by Marie green of olive knits And Mm -hmm. I was really motivated to finish it because I saw everybody else's and they were all coming out so beautifully. The other thing about this cowl for me was that it, it, you have to, once you're finished your big long tube, you have a provisional cast on, and then you have your live stitches at the end. You block it in the long tube and then you twist it. And you join those ends together using a uh, Kitchener stitch. Oh, the Kitchener stitch. The Kitchener stitch, which, yeah, we found out recently from Fiber Nation that the Kitchener stitch was invented in World War One because the soldiers needed comfortable socks and they didn't want to have a seam at the end of their sock because the boots were already so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that it, would, it would create like a, well, they could get 
you know, blisters even from the socks. And that would then create those open wounds to give you trench foot. Yay. Um, exactly. Yes. It, it so. was interesting. So Kitchener was actually a general, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think he was the head of the British forces. I think it should have been named after the person who invented it. But <laughs> so, since he was the one who who created the need, right. somehow it got named after him. It's so typical. Yes. Again, I, with the history. Yes. His and, story. I can guarantee you that if you put two sets of live stitches in front of General Kitchener, he would have no clue what to do. (laughs) (laughs) He was probably a really great general. (laughs) So so anyway, it's uh, the Kitchener stitch has always been a difficult for me. So this was, this was long enough that I felt like I could conquer the Kitchener stitch. Once and for all. Well, I like how you, that idea of kind of doing the tube and then twisting it. And, and so is the idea with the Kitchener stitch that it, that it kind of makes that seam flat. Is that this kind of the same idea? And it, it just, it looks better that way or. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Cause there's no seam. Um, right. So it just looks like it's one long tube. The The fact of it being twisted is to make it more wearable. It's, so it doesn't hang in just a a loop, loop. around your yeah. neck. It's just a, it's a little more scrunchy that way. Yeah. Uh, the, and then the other project. Okay. So this is the other one I talked about last time, the decapitated bunnies. So mm. I actually wound up redid the heads and I actually crocheted the heads. I, I used a oh. different pattern. So the, the bunny body and the dress is a Julie Williams pattern and we can put a link in. And then I just used, it's basically a ball for the head oh, okay. I cro- that I crocheted and reattached and the mouth that I, the muzzle that I, crochet that so that was from a different pattern and then i reattached I like the ears the I, I love i love the the ears one ear is white and one ear is gray and I it's make, just it's very cute and the little dress the little oh dress my gosh it has it has pockets so that you can put the paw in which i think is super adorable oh that's super and cute. Or you can, there's a uh, pattern for a little tiny bunny that you can stick in the pocket. But I was kind of done. Um, Yeah. And she also has like shoes, all kinds of little outfits. Um, I love how she looks with her hands in the the pockets. I I do too. And then, of course, you have to have a bunny tail. Oh, excellent. um, Some of them, the tail is sticking out of the... Mm. The shorts. Yeah. That seems like kind of a small tail. It is. I I could have used a bigger yarn for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was using my left. I, I know that the yarn I used is a alpaca. And, mm. uh, and then this choice. is a great, this is a great 
stash buster for the clothes. You can you can use whatever little fingering leftovers you have to make the clothes. Booty, I think what I'm going to do, here's a project for you. I'm going mm. to send you the leftover yarn from my baby blanket. And then you can make a bunny and a little outfit from the, and it can match the blanket. I could probably match the, it's a worsted weight. Yeah. So I can use the, the worsted weight for the bunny. I think the outfit has to be fingering. Fingering. It has to be a small one. Is that fingering Which, or fingerling? Mm, it's a yeah. fine line between. <laughs> do you eat it or do you wear it? Or both? I know. <laughs> Potatoes <laughs> or yarn. Um, that just never gets old. But uh, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to send you that because, well, I suppose I could do it myself, but I don't really know how to crochet actually. And this seems like a complicated project to start. <laughs> oh no, actually it's a great project for learning how to crochet. In fact, my sister-in-law sent me that pattern. It's, it's actually for a cat and it's really simple because it's just a single crochet in the round and then you increase and decrease. So is it it's in really French if it's your sister-in-law? It's, is no. it in French? No, she knows me that I'm not. <laughs> it's in English. <gasps> it's a Menico, a Menico cat. It's a really cute, it's actually a is, book, but it has basically two patterns in it. Okay. Oh, all right. Now that's, ins that has kind of inspired me that because that, that is very cute. And that would be a very sweet little add-on gift to use the rest of your yarn. And the beauty of making clothes for stuffed animals is that you don't really have to worry if they're too tight or, you know, they can't say anything. So right. that's, yeah. Exactly. So and they're kind of cute if they're baggy or if they're too tight. <laughs> right. Well, and I actually wound up making three of these because it was two sisters who had a third sister. So might I suggest, mm. uh, well, in this case, this is her first baby. That's her first baby. Yeah. Okay. So you're good. You can, you can make one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long would you say those little bunnies took you? The thing about the bunnies are they're very small pieces, but there are a lot of pieces, you know, two arms, two legs, um, the body, the head, the ears, the ears are kind of large. So um, it's a lot of seaming. Okay. It's a lot of putting so it together. So not very long to... No, no, is it only the head that's crocheted? Yeah, that's the the head that... The, you could do the knit bunny head. I just couldn't get it to look right. I, and I think I probably wasn't using enough stuffing. Oh. And, I, and I didn't... The eyes wound up looking weird and the, and the nose didn't look right. So I think... The finishing there was key. You could try it. But I also liked that this bunny head is bigger than the one. The one that, that the pattern has is a much smaller one. 
So if you take off the clothes, it's actually like a very big headed bunny. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Proportionally. I'm also noticing that it's kind of turned to one side. <laughs> oh, well, but it's looking in it's, one direction. It's yes, it's looking ahead to the side. Um, <laughs> to the side. <laughs> yeah, but, well, bunnies yes. kind of do look to the side since they're prey animals. So let's go with that. That's right. It's it's looking to make sure that it's not being attacked by one of your cats or by Toby. I put a predator head on a prey animal. <laughs> mm. so yeah it does have eyes that are nicely forward there but yeah that's right but see that would look so weird if you put the eyes on either side of its round head you know yeah. and that's where her the her the head for the the pattern is much more oblong so it makes a little more sense where the eyes are but oh yeah yeah no I like the way you did it, but I, I don't think like Audubon is going to come knocking at your door for <laughs> realism. You know? yeah. The realism of the toy yes. bunny. Of yes, the toy bunny, yes. No. And again, we have to mention when you're knitting for ungrateful children, that it's important not to spend too much time coming up with Audubon quality realistic animals when the child is not going to I, I think kids actually like things that are more cartoony emblematic rather than realistic yeah i gave this little girl one time this kind of cuckoo looking fox that i had crocheted and she and it had little glasses and she said oh i'm gonna name him professor fox and he's the kind of teacher that gives all all goofy answers that don't make any sense. <laughs> oh my this god! Story, this whole backstory of <laughs> how great is that? How do you create a backstory for like a real, you know? An well, I guess that's Watership Down. Oh, there um, you go. That's what that is. Yeah. Well, I think on that note of making yes. excellent bunnies. Thank you and for things spending, for babies. Yes. And th thanks for spending some time with us while we talk about our projects and our recipes. And whatever you do, don't, don't knit like, knit like my, my sister. sister. Oh we'll, my God. We'll never, Can't get that right. get that. we'll never get that right. <laughs> and you can reach us at bootyandbossy.com. We'd love to hear from you what projects you're working on, what recipes you want to share. That'd be great. Yeah. 